Hello, this is the Beer Prime Podcast, episode 11. Every episode, I speak with somebody from the beer industry, and we talk about a range of things, mostly beer-related, while we drink some beers. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Jager Wise, the head brewer of East London's Wildcard Brewery. Not only is Jager a very talented brewer, evidenced by winning the 2018 Brewer of the Year Award from the British Guild of Beer Writers, but she's also a presenter on BBC Radio 4's The Food Programme and on Amazon Prime's The Wine Show. So before we speak to Jager, let's see what's happening in the beer industry at the moment. Beer News! Christmas beer releases. In the last episode, I talked about beer advent calendars available from breweries and bottle shops. So this week, I'm going to talk about some of the new Christmas-themed beers being released, in case you want to build your own advent box, as I sometimes tend to do, or even just have some great festive brews for the holidays. We'll start with Brew York, my guests back in episode eight. Brew York always released an annual Christmas beer called Fairy Tale of Brew York, which is a milk stout. This year, they've gone for a trio of festive beers. A Fairy Tale is, of course, back, and that's joined by Nightmare of Brew York, a 9.8% Imperial uh, stout version, and Dreams of Brew York, a 6.5% cranberry and blueberry pastry sour. Next on to neighbouring brewery Brass Castle, just a few miles north near Castle Howard, who are famous for their porter Bad Kitty. Well, they've released a festive spiced vanilla porter edition called Christmas Kitty. Still in Yorkshire, location of brewed naughty and nice again. It's not billed specifically as a Christmas beer, but with a name like that, and the fact that it's a rich, dark, and decadent chocolate stout, 7.4%, certainly fits the bill. Moving on to Nottinghamshire, Milestone Brewery have a full range of seven Christmas beers of varying different styles, and they're all named after Santa and his reindeer. London Brewery and Spanish Hob Day have released a Pfeffernoose Stout, which sounds absolutely amazing. And another podcast guest, Weird Beard, from episode 9, have released their annual Christmas beer, Black Christmas. Uh, there's also Leeds Brewery Wild Child's pair of beers, Overindulgence, which is an Irish cream milkshake stout, and Yuletide Exorbitance, a figgy pudding imperial brown ale. Around Europe, there's Norwegian legends Amundsen. They've released Christmas pudding toffee milk stout, Christmas morning waffle stout, and Super Santa Choco Shake Stout. Denmark's Too Old have two Yule Burrell Age stouts and the Santa Gosa, and Estonia's Pohalla have their Winter Banger Imperial Stout. And rounding up with some staples that come out every year, Saltair's White Christmas, Northern Monk's Festive Star, Anchor Christmas Ale, and of course the regular offerings from Belgian favourites St. Bernardus, Delirium, St. Fulian, Guden Carolus, Grimbergen, Schuf, and of course, Still a Night. Also, I'm told that Siren Craft Brew and Cloudwater may have some Christmas themed beers coming out soon. Keep an eye out for those. Speaking of Cloudwater, there's a news item about them. The Manchester based brewery is offering a 25% discount on all of its beer to teachers in preschool, primary, and secondary education hospitality workers, university staff, and university students until the end of November. This is as well as the same discount offered to NHS workers, which currently runs until the end of the year. Cloudwater have also been given 
fellow breweries from Manchester and further afield the chance to sell stock via its web shop as a way of helping them to generate vital income. Uh, Runaway, Squawk, Mobily, Pictish, Donzoco, Duration, Boundary and Wild Horse have all been given the opportunity to list their products free of charge and to take home a larger portion of revenue than they would normally by selling their beer through the usual wholesale routes. So well done to Crowdwater for all they're doing for the industry and also for people who are affected by the lockdown and loss of income at the moment. North Brew Co. Expansion. So a couple of episodes back, we talked to Brew York and talked about their expansion into a brand new site and how much it's going to increase their output. Well, North Brewing Co., based in Leeds, have also announced that they are going to be moving to a new facility called Springwell, and it's going to see their capacity double and open a new 500-person tap room and move their bar and brewery HQ under one roof. North say that the careful restoration of the 21,000 square foot factory sympathetically showcases its industrial heritage with a bright modern brewery. The brewery output will increase to 16,000 hectolitres, which is 2.8 million pints a year. It will see a multi-million pound investment in the local area. And of course, it will create new jobs in the area. The launch should be later this month and they were planning to do a launch in person. But of course, with lockdown and COVID regulations, they're doing it online on Zoom instead on the 27th of November. They're releasing a special beer to commemorate called Springwell Lager, and that will be available on their shop on the 25th of November. So good luck to everybody at North in their new home. Okay, let's get on with my guest for the episode now. And welcome to the podcast, Jager Wise from Wildcard Brewery. Hello. Hello, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Very good. It's a very, um, it's kind of late Friday night, first Friday uh, after the new lockdown two has begun. So, um, so, so I'm at work having a, a, about to drink some cheeky beverages with you. Well, so that's not a bad Friday, really, is it? Drinking a few. Not a terrible Friday, no, no, no. But uh, in in the grand scheme of things, it's. Um, an interesting Friday. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, we'll come on to that a little later. Um, the first beer we're going to start with is one of your three new IPAs that you've launched just recently. And we're going to start with Deep Breath, which is the 5.8% IPA. Yes. One there. By the way, I'm loving the can designs of these. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I- I say thank you. I can take zero responsibility <laughs> for the quality of the can designs. Um, this is an artist called uh, James Hayes, mm. and we started a couple of months ago a a, a series of um, artists and wildcard brewery collaborations, um, mixing up some artists who um, who we feel are underrepresented. Um, who do amazing work and we're just trying to get their work out there. So we've used their designs to really inspire um, the beer that we've made. Um, So this one is called Deep Breath. It's a 5.8% a hazy hoppy IPA. It's a double dry hops, uh, as they all are these days, um, with a Zaka and Mosaic. So here on the flavor, we've got really interesting uh, pineapple, peaches and grapefruit flavors. But what's fascinating about this, this beer, it has quite a robust quite an interesting multi-backbone to it as well so um so yeah this beer's really lovely so let's crack it open absolutely got to make sure i've got my photo for uh social media (laughs) (laughs) these 
these days and my wife laughs at me when i when i do this i open a beer and then the first minute or two is positioning it in the right place taking a photo <laughs> mate i've been doing that with food lately so whenever i go out and i eat something um i'm like taking a photo of it and there is no getting around it that makes you look terrible <laughs> when you <Yeah. laughs> when you photograph your food prior to eat, eating it i'm like oh yeah. come on it's kind of it's the gra- it's the instagram life isn't it so it's kind of got to be done but um absolutely absolutely well, I'm, ve- nice. I'm very aware what everyone thinks when you do that <laughs> yeah and it's nice to have a record of it later to be honest as well yeah 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 look, look back on your photos and remember the the great meals the great beers <laughs> exactly right okay so let's have a taste yeah so this beer is it really is gorgeous it is um yeah it's super easy drinking, but also um, hoppy enough and strong enough to stand up with the best of them. So, um, yeah. yeah, so we're really, really pleased with, uh, with, these whole, uh, with this whole series. So last time we did um, the, uh, a series with an artist called Corey Samuels, um, and uh, they were a load of IPAs as well. And uh, this time we decided to go for um, IPAs for a, a number of reasons. Um, we're trying a, new, a few new techniques in the brewery and um, the IPA is one that you may think is tied to, to one style or a few different st- or a few different types of IPA. But there are so many different types and styles and finishes and hot flavors that you could do that you could end up with a whole variety of different flavors and different styles just with with few ingredients really so um we're yeah. really trying to in a way flex our ipa muscles <laughs> and also it doesn't help that people love to drink an ipa and people Absolutely. love the hazy ipa and i mm. i don't think that really is going anywhere and in this time of uh, lockdown we're delivering lots and lots of beer to people um, online, we really need kind of like heavy hitters and things that we know and guarantee will sell really well. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it, it's kind of a practical reason, and it's also we're trying to just experiment a little bit. Um, right. Out out of the three IPAs, um, the deep breath is probably uh, a style that we probably more usually do. It's a little bit on the drier side. Um, uh, nice big hot flavors there. Nice fruity flavors. Uh, we used the Zaka for the first time. We've not used that before, so that was really interesting to learn about that that hot profile and how it really works with the mosaic. Mm. Um, it's always super interesting to bring new hot flavors into the brewery because you every hop has its own little personality, doesn't it? So it um, does. yeah. But what what does the Zaka bring for, to this beer then? So the Zaka was the really big kind of pineapple kind of peaches flavor here, and for me it's like. A new hop is like making a new friend. <laughs> uh, you kind of learn what it likes, what it doesn't like, who, who it wants to sit next to on the school bus, that kind of thing. Um, so it's a, a super interesting hop and we're really pleased to, to use it. Mm, excellent. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm already halfway down. Um, <laughs> it's very drinkable. And I think as a lot of um, people that I've spoke to on this podcast have said um, that drinkability and the the balance of a beer and the drinkability is such a key factor and i think you've achieved that here that that's it's so drinkable yeah i mean i i think 
yeah it's it's drinkable but it's also super tasty if that makes sense mm. so um it, it, in the past we've we've done lots and lots of kind of uh, lots of drinkable beers and that that, that are delicious but we're, we're trying to push the boat out a little bit and um and i think this beer in particular has a really good balance of of both you, you'd mm. be fine to drink four pints of this if bars were open <laughs> yeah. on keg yeah. um, uh, or you'd be happy to drink a third of it. So, and, and that's quite a, um, a tricky balance to strike. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned bars being closed. Um, obviously there's a lot of challenges facing small brewers at the moment, not only of course, lockdowns and restrictions at present, but the impending changes of small brewers duty relief. Mm. Um, so, I mean, how are you guys handling that at the moment? Oh, um, the small brewers duty relief change affects us quite a lot. So we are one of the breweries in, in the threshold. Um, so for us, we are watching it very closely. And myself with the work I do with CBA, the Society of Independent Brewers, our, our trade body, I've been doing a lot, a lot, a lot of work with them to try and, and get a, a debate in Parliament. So you've probably seen the Ants Back and Hop Day petition. Yes, I have, yeah. and, um, We've now managed to secure because of the pressure from that and because of our pressure on MPs and the sheer number of brewers this is going to affect, uh, we've managed to secure a debate in Parliament. So it okay. is a manner of um, just brewers keep on pushing new MPs hmm. and just let them know just how much it affects our, our, our small industry. Have they said any timescales for that debate? Um, yes, I, think, I believe it's on the 9th of November. I would have to triple check that. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, so it is, uh, the debate is early next week, so um, which okay. by the time this is will probably be uh, like two days ago. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, this, this will be on the Wednesday, uh, which is the 11th, I think. I'm losing So the key thing is this legislation, in order to, to give brewers under a certain size this 50% discount, has been revolutionary to the UK beer industry. Yeah. We have seen breweries pop up, up and down the country and we've really seen the beer industry thrive. Um, and it's all about, it, there's a couple of things. It's about passing, passing that waving onto the next generation of brewers to ensure that they are protected so that they can af afford to grow. And it is about maintaining the diversity in the brewing industry. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool and really exciting that whenever I go, especially in London, whenever I go into a bar, restaurant, pub or what have you, it's a whole range of a selection of small independent brewers. And yes, I, we really don't want to lose that. No, no, it's, I mean, uh, I've signed the petition myself and uh, retweeted it a few times. And it's great to hear that it's actually had the desired effect thus far. Of course, I know there's still a long way to go, but hopefully everybody will prevail and the government will, will look at their plans again. Well, we, we, we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Absolutely. I mean, in terms of um, when you're brewing, uh, I, I was quite interested to find out about at the moment, um, or perhaps once the first lockdown uh, was lifted, did it change the way you packed your beer? Because was there a fear that you could be kegging and casking beer again that, that could potentially be wasted if there was, as there is now, another lockdown? I think at first 
there was. So we're in a couple of different circumstances on lockdown two versus lockdown one. So lockdown one was pretty much a massive surprise. So uh, for example, at Wildcard, we didn't even have an online shop. We'd never sold so much as a bean direct to a customer. Um, we would go through, obviously go through wholesalers. We go through a huge amount of independent bottle shops and customers drink beer that way. Um, but we set up a shop really quickly within like 24 hours quickly. It was a bit ropey in the beginning, but it, it was functional. <laughs> and um, we really focused on uh, great service. So we focused on delivery times. So mm. if you want beer today, you can get beer today. So um, we still do this day um if you order before one o'clock and you live in east london or you live in our there's a certain amount of postcodes about 12 different postcodes we will deliver that beer to you same day and if you live further afield across the country we will make sure that's dispatched that day so you will get it the next day but uh, the the courier can be a little bit uh, sometimes but um, most of the time 99.9 percent of the time you will get it next day. So um, yeah. we're really, really focused on that. I mean, I think that's the key thing, isn't it? Because obviously, yes, as you say, the couriers do have their role in it, but the quicker you can get the beer packed and sent off, the more likelihood that the customer gets the beer pretty, yeah. pretty sharply. So that's great. That's good to hear. And, and what's been amazing has been this direct contact with the customer that we've never really experienced before. So mm. you hear... It, when you're selling from you direct to customer, you hear everything. You you hear the feedback, you hear the positivity. Um, when you release a new beer, you hear people excited. You can take pre-orders, so it opens up a whole a whole new world. So it, in a way, although COVID has been horrible in almost every single way, <laughs> yeah. it's um the, it has added a tiny light. So it's added a, a new a new section um, of this direct delivery from a brewery. Uh, that, that that's quite interesting and I think a lot of breweries across the country are, are, are discovering the same the same thing yeah um, I've, I have spoken to a lot of people that like you have didn't have an online shop and had to set something up quickly um, and perhaps the situation is is helping to to change the way that you interact with your customers then perhaps something good might come out of it yeah yeah and but it's interesting so lo- uh, lockdown two was very much expected so it's a it's a different we're in a different scenario so we were expecting this to come along the shop's already ready we've already got drivers we've already got all this stuff so in the beginning it was literally like me um my colleague will in our like really crappy ka delivering it ourselves delivering <laughs> it at nine ten o'clock at night um to people's houses so we're not we're not in that same situation but it's um don't get me wrong it, it, it's so tricky um i'm just hoping we see the kind of numbers we saw uh in lockdown one in terms of the supporting the lo- the local breweries because Absolutely. it's pretty much it's pretty much one of the only ways most breweries are selling beer now yeah very very true i mean of course the government are telling us that it will be lifted in early december there is some doubt about whether that will be the case or not and with Christmas coming up, perhaps this is a time where, where breweries will get a lot of online orders so that people can make sure they've got enough beer at Christmas time. We're hoping, we're hoping. I mean, the, the thing is, we're hearing so much from government and I think everyone is having to be so adaptable and having to, to change their plans at the last minute, change their, um, the setup of their teams to make sure 
okay, that's covered, that's covered, that's covered now. Um, I think uh, the key is just adapt. <laughs> so yeah. whether it ends in early December, like the government say, fine. If it doesn't, I hope that we've got a setup in order to cope with that. So, but, yeah. but, but we'll see. It's a hard time for everybody right now. Absolutely. Well, fingers crossed that everything works out well um, in whether in all fronts, not just obviously the uh, SBDR, but COVID. Let's hope because how how much longer? I I personally haven't worked since um, the end of March. Oh wow! Okay. I'm unlikely to be my my day job is in corporate event management. Oh wow! Um, okay. Um, and most of those are overseas in Europe and further afield. So. So how are you coping? Um, drinking lots of beer. <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? Um, right. Okay. So I'm going to crack open against the dark. Oh, so against the dark. So this is the second beer in the um, in the series. So this mm. one is a bit stronger. So six point six percent. This one I've described as like dank, juicy IPA. This is a Double dry hops again with Nelson Sovin, Rakow, and Mosaic. So big hitters. Um, what's interesting about this one is we we brewed a, brewed with a slightly different technique. We brewed it to specifically finish quite sweet. So it finished about ten sixteen, which is quite high um, comparatively to our normal beers. Uh, so what we're really looking for is quite a thick, creamy, modern IPA. And it's nicely balanced, but really good bitterness. And we're looking for really punchy orchard flavours. So apricot, fig, really balanced against a tropical undertone. That's my tasting note <laughs> on this okay. bit. No, absolutely. Um, it certainly does um, look but, very, a lot creamier than, than the last yeah. with, with the uh, after the pour. Yeah, so um, we really brewed this for its body and for its thickness, really. Mm. oh wow yeah mm. that that is quite different to the last one isn't mm. it yeah because it's very it's very different yeah the the hops aren't as quite as punchy i think as the last one they're a lot more a lot more subtle a lot more uh, i mean i don't get me wrong i really enjoyed the last one as well but this one yeah with the with the creaminess as well mm. so um Yes, so it's it's been a really interesting one to brew. So we made this using the new Zerden yeast. We, we were giving it a go, just trying to to get that sweetness in the beer. Um, and I, I think it's worked really, really well. So um, yeah, really pleased with it. That's great. And I'm certainly getting. I looked on on your website with the the tasting notes, and on this one you were mentioning apricot, fig, and tropical mango. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really getting the apricot. Yeah, and, and the Fantastic. mango as well. Yeah, brilliant, not, brilliant. I, I'm, I, aside from fig rolls, I, I don't think I'm really a fig fan. So I don't think you can, <laughs> I don't think you can base fig rolls on tasting, tasting those really. <laughs> it's always super fun doing. Um, it's always super fun doing tasting notes. Yeah, um, I bet. Especially when you, when you've got three IPAs to to write tasting notes for. So it's always um, it's always quite fun. Yeah, no, this is this is fantastic. When I saw the name, first of all, against the dark, I had an inkling that it may have been a black IPA. Yes, but not. It did cross our mind. It did cross our say, mind. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you a fan of black IPAs? 
It's a funny one. Um, someone once asked me, I was doing an event in Australia a few years ago, and someone um, once asked me, what beer would you send to the depths of hell? Mm. And I actually said the Black IPA. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and why was that? I think I was just being facetious, to be honest with you. But, <laughs> um, but no, I, I find it a really interesting, an interesting beer style. And it's a beer mm. style that in, I remember, I remember it was like 2000 and... 13 2012 it was very very on trend wasn't it it was um, and everyone was brewing a black ipa i've i've brewed a few black ipas in my time um it's just a really interesting style i mean at the moment you don't you don't really see many of them around um no, they're coming back though i think yeah 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 you seeing you seeing a few more about but still not I as think, many not as many yeah, as not as many yeah. Mm, mm. I mean, but, uh, but yeah. For me, I, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't really blast it to the depths of hell. That, that's uh, no. I'm exaggerating <laughs> greatly. But um, but yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting um, uh, it's an interesting dichotomy. Mm. I mean, I I quite like a, a, a well-made black IPA, um, as well as I love IPAs. I mean, I love most styles of beers I, I enjoy, but my preferred style of beer. Uh, is uh, stouts and porters. Mm -hmm. um, so the good thing about a black IPA is that it does have some of that roastiness, some of that dark malt caramel kind mm -hmm. of character. Um, so you're ki kind of combining the the two. You kind you know an, an IPA and a and a kind of darker beer. Mm. With black IPA, you've kind of got a kind of um, a combination of both of those. So, um, so you can have the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds, in my experience. So, I've had some that are absolutely glorious, and then I've had some that are not. So it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting style, and um, maybe the black IPA is making a comeback. Maybe that's there for twenty twenty one. Possibly, possibly, yes. Do you, you know Andy from Elusive Brewing? Yes. Yeah. He he loves black IPAs. So. <laughs> I don't I don't think he'd like your comments about sending it to the depth as well. <laughs> but you were joking, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so Jager, tell me about then the um the genesis of Wildcard. Oh God. Um. So we first started in 2012. Um. We were kind of homebrewers, old friends. And uh, we decided to really get the brewery going. So this was back then when it was very much the the birth of the of the new wave, so I'd say. So um, there were lots of breweries popping up up and down the country on an almost weekly basis. The growth was ridiculous mm. at the time. Which it was a very very exciting time to be in beer, so, and it really felt like you were on the on the cusp of 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 something. You were on the cusp of the a really massive emerging craft beer industry. Mm. In London in particular, there used to be, in like 2005, there were like 10 breweries. And then all of a sudden, 2015, there was like 100 and, 110 or so. So it was, it was just insane, the growth. Mm. Um, so it was, it, was, it was an amazing time to, to, to be in beer. So we have a tap room in Walthamstow in a place called um, Ravenswood Industrial Estate. And so we had our original tap room and the brewery was in there and we would squeeze everyone in, squeeze the, the brewery in and we would just make beer and sell beer. And it was a really exciting time. 
until obviously we just couldn't make any more beer on that site. Just basic mm. issues like no water. <laughs> pretty pretty dramatic problem. That's quite a key. That's quite a key thing yeah. to be missing, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's an older uh, ammunitions building. Uh, the whole uh, the whole estate, and um, all the water is connected every single site. So what happens is when someone opens the tap next door, your water halves. So, and we had a brewery move in a bit further, um, oh, no. a bit further up. <laughs> and it was just, there were times when I'd open the tap and honestly nothing would come out. You had to have a schedule, like you brew on a Monday, we'll brew on a Tuesday. <laughs> well, at the time you see, we need to brew all the times. I, I, all the time. I've never in my life, ever, 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 been that conservative with water like it, it was insane it was every single drop every yeah. single drop it was um and it turns out it creates some really healthy brewing habits because you really should brew like that um where you recycle every drop and and every bit is precious especially hot water there's like gold dust in the at that site so yeah. but it, i'm not gonna lie it was it was really nice to um to move to our other site also in walthamstow uh on lockwood way uh on the new black Hole beer mile and um yeah. and to and to have like water pressure and like drainage <laughs> and space and a floor yeah. so um it was uh it was quite nice to have those things that are quite basic but yeah. when you come when you come from brewing with pretty much nothing these mm. things are and still do feel like luxuries um and but then it's 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 a really positive way to brew i think yeah so and where did you how did your interest get started in becoming a brewer I always say it was drinking too much beer, <laughs> um, just drinking, just drinking beer. And then when when you drink beer a lot, you think, oh, maybe I can uh, figure out how to make this. And then it just kind of goes from there, really. I just yeah. had friends used to go out and drink beer together. Um, see, yeah, see, I, 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 you see, I I drink a lot of beer, and I would be absolutely petrified about making my own because. I'd just be too scared of making stupid mistakes. I mean, I'd love to. Yeah, I mean, but, I, but you know, it was, a, it was a different time. It was a different yeah, time in 2012. Well, I was in, I wouldn't start a brewery now. I, I, I don't think yeah. I probably would, uh, unless you were at the very top of your game. In 2012, you could make mistakes. Okay. Um, because there weren't so many around and it wasn't such a, a every, every, everyone was field. doing the same everyone was doing the same thing so everyone was learning on the job and that sort of stuff but now it's like you're competing against world standard so it's either go hard or go home yeah um now and you can't afford to bring out beers with faults or beers that aren't mm. of the highest standard so and it's not worth it so it's a it's a, it's a really interesting <laughs> it's an interesting dichotomy and it's interesting to be to be competing in one of the best places to brew in the world in terms of the UK. Um, yeah. It really, it really puts you on, it keeps you on your toes. And what we're all after, what everyone's chasing is the best beer that they can possibly make. Absolutely. And, and there yeah, are, that, that's what we're trying to do. There are some, as you say, there are some absolutely amazing breweries now around the UK. Mm. Um, you know, in all, in all corners uh, of the UK. And I think that's the thing. When you were starting, it was America that really had the monopoly on 
having some fantastic great breweries and now in that time i certainly believe i mean of course there are some still great breweries in the in america and other other places but i do believe that we've got the best craft beer scene at the moment i i i completely agree with you and i'm i'm always an advocate i, I try and be i think we make the best beer in the world in the uk like I do, and we have that great combination of tradition. We've got history, we've got brewing history, we've got cask beer. So mm. everywhere you go around the world, people are always people. Other brewers are in awe of cask beer in a way that is um, sometimes I think underrespected in the UK. Yeah. It's a real specialist skill, and to all the publicans out there that treat their beer amazingly. That's not something that happens on in the rest of the world where the publican is expected to really take care of the secondary fermentation, to really to, to take care of that beer tasting fresh, tasting carbonated, not pouring a pint of vinegar. And obviously there are some pubs that, that don't do that, but yeah. there are a lot that do. And, um, and that is very, very unique to British brewing. And mm. it, it, it's something that we should be really proud of. Um, and also we we hold up some of the best in the world in terms of the kind of modern styles so absolutely whenever we do like uk versus us or uk versus australia like we're standing up to them so um it's 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 exciting to be part of it yeah it is so um why do you think other parts of the world don't do cask beer why why is it really only a uk thing why yeah, well, back in the day, all beer used to be cask beer. So um, all beer used to be transported in wooden barrels. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, the humble keg came along. And kegs are easier in a lot of ways in terms of you don't have to rely on uh, the skill of the publican. You can pasteurise it within an inch of his life. So it will pretty much tastes really similar under lots of different circumstances so mm. in a way you, you can totally see how that has uh taken over um but i'm i'm quite i'm quite proud to be, be able to know how to brew caspir i'm quite proud of the team here that they can they make some really really excellent caspir mm. when when we do dabble in that market <laughs> yeah. so it's a it's it, it's 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 a lot of fun so if you're brewing something do, do you already have it in mind if it's going to be cask? Or if you're going to package it, cask and keg, do you change the way you brew each batch? Or Honestly, truly great cask beer, truly, truly great cask beer is brewed just as cask beer, specifically. Mm. So there is, a, there is a slight process difference. Um, so it is perfectly possible to make one batch and then partially rack it into cask and partially rack it into keg, partially bottle it. That is, of mm. course, possible. But I, over the years, I found that truly, truly great cask beer is designed specifically for that environment. So yeah. you need beer that's going to be served at, what, 12 degrees. So it needs to be able to perform in a warm environment. And that means that... Um, you really need the malts to shine. You really need the hops to shine in that specific environment. So um, the, car the carbonation is another one. So you don't want a flat beer. 
but you also want some lively activity in in, in your cask. It's important that your cask is is live. It's important mm. that it's bright, it's vibrant, it's singing. Um, so yeah, it is it is possible to kind of split a split a tank in, in, into different into different uh, containers, but if you're making like a bitter or a mild or something like that, then it's best tailored to that particular vessel. If you're, you're yeah, if, if if you take if you tailor the recipe, you you tailor the kind of production process, you tailor the packaging. You're obviously going to get the the very very the very best. Yeah. Um, uh, Caspia is an institution, and it's something that. British brewers have been doing for a long time and they've been doing it to the highest standard and I would hate to see it disappear or get or get replaced. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of places you can go and have a pint of lava. There's not very many you can have a delicious uh, you mean five and a half percent bitter. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean I uh, I've been to for the last couple of years to the Cask Festival in London. Um, <laughs> and it's great. It's I, I love going to that festival. We managed to get that one into 2020 before lockdown because it was in February. Um, and yeah, hopefully 2021's edition will will be able to <laughs> run with people, actual people. I don't know. I don't know. What I, I don't know. 2021 is really close, and uh, I don't know. It is now. Yeah, absolutely. A bit close. Um, um, I don't know. Right. Okay. So I'm now. Uh, I'm now going to be number into three. The Citadel. So and the Citadel, this is a 8.2% dipper. Wow. This is it's thick, it's hazy. This is made with Sabro, Idaho 7, Brew 1, Strata, um, and a little bit mosaic as well. So this has everything but the kitchen sink thrown at it. So we were really trying to get lots of, well, there is lots of grapefruit flavors, passion fruit flavors, orange. Um, Grapefruit. I think I've said grapefruit twice. <laughs> but, um, extra grapefruit. <laughs> extra grapefruit. Extra grapefruit. But um, we're really trying for quite a big beer, and again, we're really working on that like sweet finish. Yeah. Um, big beer, big flavors, sweet finish. Oh, look at the head on yours. Oh, glorious, glorious. <laughs> Love it. It's a darker beer as well, isn't it? It's it's definitely got that sort of deeper murky kind of and i don't say murky in a in a detrimental way but mm. definitely a deeper murky kind of um color to it um and I, haven't, it. I haven't gone in yet but i'm just going to about to go in but it it smells amazing literally just from pouring it just literally within i don't know 12 inches of it it's just incredible smell well we worked really really hard on mm. technique Mm. with this so it's um it's i want to say we're showing off a bit but basically we were <laughs> <laughs> um it's really we we've been brewing quite a few higher abv dippers and 7.5 percenters and eight point whatever you percenters and they are some of the most challenging beers to make mm. uh especially this kind of like unfiltered there's lots of booze in there so trying to really balance that out and we've been doing it. We've got our Dipper One that is really amazing. Our Dipper Two. Um, we did a DDH IPA, uh, seven point five percent, that we brewed over and over and over and over again. And we really, really, 
I hope perfected and I know that probably sounds a bit but we were really really aiming for to produce the beer really high BV, high ABV that you wouldn't feel it and so, I've got to say that um yeah it, I mean it it doesn't taste like it's a, a, a you know sub five percenter for sure but it mm. also I mean I, I think it's 8.2 percent mm. it, it doesn't taste quite 8.2 percent it's not too dissimilar actually in 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 the booziness i think of the last one against mm. the, against the dark so it certainly is tasting less than its abv um mm. but it's great i mean it's i've had a few um dippers recently uh that have been exceptional i think one of the northern monk patrons project ones um i can't even remember the name of it now but that was an exceptional dipper and this one really runs it close um, excellent <laughs> it's really really a, a very good very tasty beer excellent thank you i mean Ooh. yeah i mean we're, we're like lockdown is a really hard time i think for everybody and yeah. i know as far as us and as myself and the brewing team the kind of the, what what we're aiming for is hopefully to bring a little bit of sunshine like if if you've ordered this beer or you've ordered any of our beers online you've ordered it from our shop we want you to say wow yeah and we want you to feel wow and we want you to feel your money was well spent and you you would buy it again so we we've really been and the artwork is so fantastic when you have artwork this this brilliant oh it's um, amazing that that you you really have it, it pushes you to really go your highest extent so we're really quite proud well i've got to say jager if you're aiming for people to say wow then (laughs) tick tick that box that that is (laughs) wow that honestly is a really really good beer um i've enjoyed all three today um but i've got to say i'm i'm enjoying this the most excellent you'll feel it tomorrow Yeah, but it's Saturday. I've got a lay-in. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> nowhere to be tomorrow. And nowhere we physically can go. <laughs> no, which makes it all the much better. There you go. <laughs> exactly. It means, it means you don't really feel that having a lay-in is wasting part of the day because the day is just there to waste anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's face it, during lockdown, lockdown one, I've had so many days that have been wasted. Seriously. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about what you do because, of course, you are the head brewer and co-founder of Wildcard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not where it ends. You're the presenter. You're a presenter of BBC Radio 4's The Food Program, and. Amazon Prime, I think it's Amazon Prime now. No, it was Channel 5, wasn't it? But it's now Amazon Prime's The Wine It was show. ITV in Season 1, it was Channel ITV, 5 in Season 2. Right, and, okay. and now Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime. Yeah. Uh, The Wine Show. Um, so those are some amazing things. And perhaps we'll come and talk about those in a minute. But I just want to complete the list as well, because you're also 2018's British Guild of Beer Writers Brewer of the Year. I mean, wow, that's amazing. But it doesn't stop there. You're also a very talented singer. 
because I've looked at, I've, I've seen you've got a band that you're with, Helen Hope, and I've looked at some of your videos, and you're an amazing singer. You know is what? There, is there anything you can't do? My band broke up as well. So. No! no. <laughs> so you did, oh. you did. Don't but tell me the, that. The, Don't the, break the, my drama heart. Moved, drama moved to Greece. It was a whole thing. Oh. Um, so, was that? Uh, was that a while ago? Did I not do my research properly? No, this was last year. I kept it very, very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this was like mid last year. But it's... Ah. Uh, yeah, so but that doesn't for, detract. I'm, I'm looking for a new band if anyone oh, they, is interested. If anybody wants, yeah, anybody looking anyone for needs a singer, singer yeah. will sing anything. <laughs> but listen, the, the, the breakup of the band doesn't detract from the fact that you are a, still a very talented singer. Thank I mean, I, I, I saw that, and because I, I, obviously I was doing my research for the, for the podcast like, like I would for anybody else, and I saw that and I watched the videos, and wow, I mean, it was just amazing. Your, your talents are obviously endless. <laughs> You're making me blush now. You're making of me course, blush. Of that, course, that's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get very red when I drink beer, so I yeah, feel, I think it's I feel I've got to pay the, the favour. Definitely the beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how? I mean, how do the, uh, the the presenter things come about with the with the BBC Radio Four and and obviously the wine show as well? Um. I don't really know, to be honest with you. It just kind of happened. It was actually, I just kept being asked uh, to do bits and bobs, and then I got asked to do a bit more, and then I got asked to do a bit more. Um, and I thought, you know what? You only live once. Um, let, let's give it a go. And it turned out I didn't totally suck. So, uh, <laughs> wow, great. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, it's, quite, it's, quite, it's quite funny. So the food programme have me as they're like, um, what, uh, what do they say? They, they say I'm um, uh, I'm very natural with uh, with people, and that 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 basically their way of saying I'm not media trained and I've no and no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I just wing it. My my mantra is pretend the camera isn't there. <laughs> I just have a conversation and uh, yeah. yeah. So, but I, I, I'll tell you what. It's a real, real, real honour. Um, mm. it's a real honour and BBC like it is the highest of standards in terms yeah. of internationally and working with them and learning from them it's just it's 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 I, I, I can't even put it into words mm. um, I, I got over this I, over the summer I got the opportunity to do and I asked them whether I could do it um, some pieces on the Black Lives Matter and uh, uh, the the history of um, uh, black people and food and drink in in the UK and around the world, and they kind of took it and kind of completely ran with it. Mm. And I got to do a piece of my own, and then I got to work with an investigative um, journalist and really just really learn. And I got to speak to some amazing, amazing people around the world. So some yeah. people who have really pushed the boundaries. And it's really good to learn your history as well and to learn the history yeah. of, um, of what it is to be British. Um, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just, just, I'm just blown away by, by the whole experience, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you find the time to do all of that and brew? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Must be always on the go. 
here, here, there, yeah. and everywhere. In a way, lockdown's been actually quite interesting because it's been. Um, I've really been focused on two things, like my job and the food program. And I've been churning out just shows for the food program. I've done three shows in lockdown. Um, so I've been really just been focusing on those two things. And maybe I should focus more. <laughs> that's my, that's my uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's hard to say no, isn't it? And you have to do something. Well, I, 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 love the, I love the beer industry so much. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, but yeah, no. It's, sometimes it's a stretch, but so with the wine show, wants, then, right? so obviously that's it's the wine show. So it's covering season three wine. Of the wine show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. where where does your knowledge of wine come where, from? So where where do I come in? Um, yeah. So it's it's quite fascinating. So in the wine show, I am basically like screw wine, beer is way better. <laughs> That's my uh, general theme, <laughs> what I right, do. Okay. And it's, uh, it's basically arguments between me and like, the main presenter, Joe Fatterini, just arguing about, um, yeah. about drinks. But it's, I, uh, it's really I, fun. I did see um, a clip where you were in Munich and Joe was showing you places where you can go and get good wine. Yeah. Massive beer destination. So is it is it that kind of thing that you kind of? Yeah, the the fact that Joe Fatterini thinks that he can take me to Munich and show me wine is hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it, it, uh, but it, you know what? Munich has a really interesting, quite fascinating wine history that I didn't actually know about. So mm. I got to learn a lot on that trip, and the the quality and the sheer enormousness of the beer scene over there is yeah. it's crazy. Um, yeah. But but it's quite it, it, it's quite fun to be to be that beer guy on a on a show like that. So yeah. um, we've got season three, which is out out now out right now. Yeah, it's on Amazon only, Prime. On Amazon Prime, please watch it, <laughs> which is just launched. And on that one, uh, we're arguing about Thai food, um, about what goes better with Thai food, beer or wine. Ah, right. Okay. So Who obviously. Would- Oh no! Sorry, I should watch to find out. You have to watch to find out. But um, no, it's 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 really it's really fascinating. So beer is such such a diverse drink, mm. such a diverse drink. But I I also am a massive wine drinker. I I love wine. I cover a lot of wine for the food program. I yeah. kind of I do all drinks really for sure. them. So um so I mean I I I love it. But it's a, it's just a really fun. Come on, man, with a curry. Like, what are you going to drink with a curry? Oh, definitely a Thai a curry. Come on. Definitely a beer. Absolutely. <laughs> Show me a wine that can stand up to a curry. Show not me. A, I'm still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling you earlier that um, the previous guest on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago mm. was Robert Wicks from Western Brewery. And a, a new thing I've been doing over the last few podcasts is to get the previous guest to ask the next guest a question okay <laughs> so you're a little worried you're looking a little worried no, well this this is uh this is a question that comes from a brewer uh to a brewer uh, Rob, robert did say when he was asking the question he did say can i just ask if it's a brewer and i i didn't because the idea is not to give away who the next guest is but i did say yes it's a brewer so don't worry, it's a 
brewery a brewer related question so you'll be absolutely fine I don't know if that's worse if it's a, if it's a brewer related question from another brewer. It's probably worse. Yeah. Well, you don't want to ask Ro you don't want to answer Rob Law's question about what you'd rather fight with a pen. So, or maybe you do, I don't know. A tiger or a rhino. A tiger or a rhino. Yeah. Put it this way: I hope in my life, however long I may live, that I am never in a situation with either a tiger or a rhino to have to choose yeah. and armed with a pen. Quite agree. Quite agree. Surely, Definitely. just like throwing away the pen and being like, "Ah!" would probably be a safer, a yeah. safer, a, a safer bet. Or maybe you would use the pen to write your last will and testament. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> right. I'm going to try to share the the idea is that perhaps if I actually play you, Robert asking his question is better. Okay. But hopefully, you can hear this. Go on, Robert. So my question would be very simple. Um, do you use English hops? And if you do, do you love English hops? And if you don't, why don't you use English hops? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Do you use English hops? And if you don't, why don't you use English hops? Um, I have used English hops before. So I used for a long time English hops in our lager to make it simply because of some of the subtleties that English hops can give. And I thought it would be very well suited to a lager. And it actually was. It actually was. Do I use them now? Honestly, the answer is not really. And there are a couple of reasons why. So stylistically, Wildcard has changed a lot. So when we started, we were very trad. Um, I'm sure lots of people used to know us for our jacket clubs, our cask beer. Um, so I would absolutely, if we go down that direction again, and we are an exclusive for you. We're in the middle of uh, regening a pub, so we're redoing a pub. So the wild card bitter is coming, <laughs> uh, so which is exciting. And so for those styles, I absolutely would look English, absolutely. Yeah. However, um, the kind of styles of beer, like the ones we've tried today, these heavy, mm. heavily hopped IPAs, like mm. we need sunshine for those big tropical juicy flavors. Yeah. Um, so show me an English hop that can do that. And absolutely, let's talk. Ole Karma. Uh, what's, well, I haven't even heard of that. Go on. No, I tell you what, neither had I. And I had a, um, I, I recently uh, joined the, uh, a couple of months ago, the Northern Monk Patron Society. Fabulous. And yeah, absolutely. And one of their, one of their dippers was with Olicana and I'd never heard of it. So I Googled it and was massively surprised to see that it was an English hop, but it's an English hop that gives a lot of the tropical fruit flavor. Interesting. Some of the American hops do. And yeah, absolutely. I, I was very, very interested and very surprised to, to see that. Um, and actually I've since got another beer, that I've not drank yet, but another Olicana beer, and I'm really excited to try it. 
I'm going to get hold of that. I'm going to get hold of that yeah. because um, because that that for me is is really super exciting. I I I love most things British. So to be honest with you, if 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 that was a possibility for the kind of like stronger kind of fruitier styles, the yeah. kind of heavy IPAs, then absolutely, of course, I would rather choose um, yeah. British hops. So it, obviously, it, it's the it's the beer style. It's the the it's hop the style. The beer style that you're that you're doing. Really, you've got no, to have the right hop. It's like what I'm doing in this moment. This is not necessarily forever. This is not what's happened in the past. This is what's happening in the here and now. Mm. Um, I absolutely would totally look British if I was making more traditional styles, or if I was looking at more subtle flavors. But I'm not looking right now for you to have a subtle, mm, I'm looking to punch you in the face with this flavor. So yeah. for that, and there's only so much money you can spend on, on hops, I'm looking for the most aroma, the most oils, the most bang for your buck in, in, uh, in your hop. And the reality is that predominantly comes with places that are high in sunshine. So yeah. think um, yeah. Australia, think New Zealand, think the US. Um, mm. But I am searching, 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 and it is, it is amazing to hear that. I know there's been a lot of positivity happening from the British, like, hot breeding programs. Um, uh, I, I Honestly, I've not tried a lot of them. I'm really excited to, excited to try a lot of them. Um, at this year's International Women's Day brew um, on March the 8th, we did, it must have been like 100 women in here, and we did um, an, a task called, or a test called Know Your Hop, where I tested everyone. I gave them like 10 hops, and they had to guess what it was blind. And mm. I got hops from all over the world, and it was, it was really, really fascinating. And I would, I would love to have a really interesting u- uniqueness um from some of these new british shops coming through i think the answer is honestly depends on the style you're making honestly right absolutely okay well that's a great answer thank you um <laughs> so of course moving on from that i have to ask you to give me a question for the next guest in two weeks time. so the question i would ask to your next guest would be if you could change one thing about the UK brewing industry, what would it be? Okay, that's wonderful. I will certainly pose that question on your behalf. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I noticed on uh, the socials recently that you guys did a collaboration with Cloudwater. <laughs> Yes. And of course, I know you've done lots of collaborations. You know, one thing, and I've said this on on so many different podcasts, um, that one thing I really love about the craft beer industry is the fact that there is so much collaboration going on, and there's so much friendly friendliness. It's just a, it's a brilliant thing to have in this industry. But of course, this is very different. You've done a collaboration in a time where there's social distancing, COVID, and everything. How did how did it work with with all the restrictions in place? I am honestly so glad we managed to sneak it in. Is 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 what I would say to that. So, um, Cloudwater, a, a brewery, I I massively respect, and they've done some really amazing things for the UK craft beer scene on 
a global scale. Yeah. Um, so to do it practically, so at the time they were, this is when the tiers were just coming out. They were just placed in tier two. We were in tier one and we thought, you know what? And Paul met, Paul mentioned to me a while ago, like, do you want to do a collab? And I was like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. But I was like, you know what? We all need some, some content. We all need some stories. Let's, let's do it. And also obviously I want to, I want to go to their brewery and brew. They make bloody awesome beer. Um, yeah. So but it was up there in Manchester then. It was up in Manchester. And we thought, okay. what's the safest way we can do this? So ordinarily, I would, I would have loved to have done it with the whole crew, the whole wildcard crew, go up to Manchester, spend some time. But honestly, it, it, we just thought about the safest way to do this. So myself, we, myself and Will from Wildcard, we got in the little KA, this poor KA that's been so much in 2020. <laughs> it used to be a delivery vehicle. It used to be a delivery vehicle. <laughs> it has done so much. And we, 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 we drove to Manchester because we thought, you know what? I don't want to go on the train. I don't want to go on the tube. I don't want to go on anything like that. This whole lockdown, yeah. we've been cycling everywhere and stuff. So I don't want any exposure. And we want to be as safe as, safe as we can for the Cardwalk team and just go and brew a beer together and uh, and we did so the beer is actually coming out on wednesday oh which today. i believe is the the, the day so, of the podcast so, so what what you mean jager is this coming out today it's coming out today that's what it's, i mean it's coming out today it's probably by the time this launches it's probably already out but there you go <laughs> so, right, yeah. so um so we've used a really interesting hop called betty that i've not used which before one? which one betty the hop betty. called betty yeah so i've it's, never uh, heard of that hop where's it from exactly so so the beer is actually called betty <laughs> <laughs> would you believe so so we decided to call the beer betty and um so it was really quite fascinating we, we used um betty and el dorado a combination of the two mm. um so and obviously when you go up and you brew and it's we had an absolutely amazing time and I brewed with Charlotte and Charlotte is one of the most experienced brewers in the UK. Mm. She has brewed with everyone. So from, from Hamilton brewery, she's the ex head brewer at Truman's. She was just, she's got, the girl's got more stripes than a tiger. She is amazing. Amazing. So when I found out I was yeah. brewing with her, she was absolutely over the moon. And, um, What's really interesting is you obviously do all the malt work, you do all the hop work and you brew the beer, but a lot of the work of an IPA comes in the post, comes in the kind of when I'm not there. So it's but obviously cloud, cloud water, an IPA. This is what they do, isn't it? It's what they do. And this yeah. is why I was so keen to do a classic with them. So rather than doing like weird, wonderful, like, and I'm all down for weird and wonderful, but sometimes we just need to do what a brewery does best. Yeah. And that's what I, I that's what I wanted with Cloudwater. And Paul was so accommodating and um, he allowed us to come up. And yeah, so Betty's coming out on Wednesday. So I'm really excited to taste Betty because obviously we use a lot of Betty in the, uh, the hop in uh, kind, of, kind of Lake Boyle and the Whirlpool. But in terms of what the hop can really, really do and really, really sing, like I'm, I'm going to be finding out um, when the beer arrives with us on Wednesday. So it's, um, 
yeah, I, I'm just, I'm super, super stoked, really, really grateful. And honestly, it's like, it's one of the pleasures of my career to to do a collaboration with them. So then there's not really much more I can say than that. Yeah. Okay. Well, look forward to seeing more about that and maybe trying that. So Be- Betty, where, where does that hop come from then? Um, so Betty is a New Zealand hop. Um yeah. So lots of passion fruit, lots of lime, candied melon. So it should be super, super interesting. It and sounds amazing. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with that cloud water IPA classic style. Mm. So uh, we are so stoked uh, wow. to be getting that beer, uh, uh, to be able to brew with them. Yeah. We have got um, got a palette coming down to London to Wildcard. So um, we are going to be selling it to our trade customers as well as selling it on our shop as well. Um, so we're super excited to really be involved with anything to do with card water. So um, we are really big fans. So just really pleased. It sounds fantastic. Absolutely. Sounds amazing. Okay. Well, Jager, it's been absolutely amazing talking to you thank, thank you so 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 no, so, thank you so, so much, much. no problem really interesting to <laughs> to hear about what you've got going on what you've been doing um and of course that the fact that you are looking for a new band that is <laughs> that is Singer very available. very good. yeah um <laughs> i'm actually thinking of starting up a band actually but um <laughs> and thank you also uh you also sent me as well as the three beers that we've tried today um jager also sent me a black black currant gosa black currant is one of my favorite yeah. favorite flavors um i love a ribena i love it so much it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah no <laughs> so, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that out and of course this is something that you're going to be launching within a couple of weeks as well you yes say. yes so, within a couple of weeks so look out for that absolutely so i'm i'm honored to be uh trying that out before it's before it's going live to everybody else so exclusive so, yeah absolutely exclusive thank you so much for that um it's been fantastic talking to you um you've been amazing thanks for your time and you know once we're through all of this rubbish that the whole of the country and the world are having to deal with then i look forward to coming over to Walthamstow and drinking a pint or two or three in in person <laughs> oh well i look forward to seeing you you should come and experience the black horse beer mile it's, uh, uh, absolutely you not know only what? have wild card you can have a whole host of uh, you know, delicious you know, brews absolutely you know what i've um i've done the bermondsey beer mile on i think about five occasions so mm. I'm, lo- I'm looking for new beer miles to try so black horse sounds sounds great i, I look forward to coming <laughs> Edgar, thank you so much for your time Thank you so much for having me. That was great stuff. Excellent conversation with Jager and fantastic beers, all three of which are in my top 10 of the last two weeks. So let's get the full rundown. Top 10. At 10, Marble Stout. A great, reliable, classic stout. Had this one at Hop Stop in Rygate last week when I went to pay them a visit before lockdown two started. At number nine, Gypsy Hill Space Coyote. Another that I had that day at Hopstop. This is a 10% Imperial Stout with ancho chilies. 
The chilies don't give off a really hot, fiery flavor, which for me is great. I've had a few chili stouts before that were just a bit too much bite. But this was nice and subtle warmth coming through from the, from the chilies, complemented the Imperial Stout very, very well. At number eight, Wild Card Deep Breath. This was the first of the three beers that we had today on the podcast. Hazy and hoppy with a big hit of pineapple, peach and grapefruit and a malty backbone. Number seven, left-handed giant dream house. Again, I got this from Hopstop on that last visit, but this one was a liter that I took away in a takeaway bottle. And I had it over the next couple of days. It's a really interesting beer, a great amount of juicy fruit profile coming from the hops used, uh, Citra, Mosaic, Vic Secret and Galaxy. And they also used the Voskvik yeast strain from Norway, which gave it a nice orangey citrusy uh, flavor. At number six, Marble Chocolate. One of Marble's retro collection, um, and this one was amped up to 8.5% ABV, given that the original recipe was similar to the current Marble Stout. The extra richness and added chocolate made it immense. And number five, Wildcard Against the Dark. This was the second beer we had today. Creamier than the first, but the bitterness was a lot more balanced. Apricot and mango flavors came through most of me on this one. At number four, Wild Child Oceanic Acquisition. A fantastic dipper from the Leeds Brewery. Again, it's one I've had several times, but it's a consistently top beer. At number three, Verdant Track and Field. Verdant always make great beers, and especially their IPAs. This one is 7.2%, so bordering on the dipper line, or over it, depending on who you speak to. Massive fruit hit with grapefruit, mango, lemons and berries, as well as a welcome, resinous and piney hit too. At number two, Northern Monk, Evolution of Tradition, 12.04, Green Hop IPA. This is a great patrons project beer from Northern Monk. It's 5.9% and it uses Green hops harvested from Yorkshire's Harewood House estate. Harvested actually by the Northern Monk team themselves as well. And as well as that, they used the wonderful and a woefully underused English hop, in my opinion, Olicana, um, as well as also Amarillo from the States. And those complement the floral notes of the green hops and bring a juicy punch to the beer. And as you heard probably in the conversation I had with Jager, Olicana is an English hop, but it really does give the juicy, punchy fruit profile that some of the US hops do. And at number one, it's Wildcard with the Citadel. Now this was the best of three beers that I had today. Fantastic beers, all three of them, but this one was the best. It's a dipper at 8.2%, thick and hazy with tropical fruits coming through absolutely moorish even at that abv i could easily have had another um as you could probably have told the order of my preference of those three wildcard beers from tonight were highest abv down to the lowest now that's not necessarily because i favor higher abv beers but just for me that was the the best order um and as i said 8.2 percent but really absolutely could have had another and I don't think it tasted quite as uh, as boozy as that. It wasn't far off, to be fair, um, but I'd say that it could easily have been confused for something mid-six, 
6.7, 6.8, something like that. But really, really lovely beer. Okay, so that's all for this episode. In the next episode, I'm very happy to announce that my guest is going to be Stu McKinley from New Zealand's legendary brewery, The Yeasty Boys. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to my socials, which are at Beer Prime UK on both Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.